Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, your weekly Apex Legends podcast. I'm your host, Shay, joined by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well. I'm uh, very excited for this episode. Um, We've just been busy, busy, busy. A lot to say today. So if you're listening, uh, buckle up. This is going to be a little bit of a ride here, Mm -hmm. uh, but some seriously fun stuff. I'm really excited. It's going to be a great episode. I mean, today we're going to be going over some news, making multiple big announcements. And by multiple, we mean multiple, like teased one on Discord, but we got multiple that are actually going to be happening if you listen all the way through the show. And chatting with Kev the King and Apex Legends lore aficionado. Uh, Obviously, before we do anything, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Before we do any of that, though, let's dive into some reviews. First review coming from X Fields. First off, thank you guys so much for doing the amazing job you do. I only just recently found the podcast. Been playing Apex since mid-season two and haven't really taken the game all that serious up until season six and seven. I'm proud to say to you guys that you have definitely inspired me to run more ranked and I'm currently sitting at gold three. Hoping I can make plat before the season ends. Third party and encountering third parties has led me to over 800 kills this season and to compare to say season four with 184 kills. Whoa. Third party for the win. Keep doing y'all. If I could leave a review on Spotify, I would. So consider this a 10 star review. I can't say which segment is my favorite since they're all so darn good. Definitely keep up the fire content and grinding towards Pred. Much appreciated. I wish there was reviews on Spotify as well. Like we got some Spotify listeners that have said that in the past. We always appreciate all the good five-star reviews though. It means a lot. And I don't know if all you know how, but it really does seriously impact and affect our show, the reviews. So it means a lot. Next review coming from Crazy Gamer Kiddo. Hey, love the pod and hope you guys keep it up. It's the best part of my day just being able to come home to chill and listen. We love that. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of what we want to make here. You that's know, what gaming's content. about. Yeah. Just relax, mm-hmm. learn something, hopefully have fun. Uh, that's definitely how we do what we do. Definitely. Most definitely. Let's dive into the news now. Drum roll, please. First piece of news. And this is a big, big one. announcement. Take it away. I now have a PC. Yes. It is incredible huge huge shout out to my uncle for really helping me out with it essentially built the whole thing for me um i learned a lot but definitely uh had more than an appropriate amount of help Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'm very excited to now have a computer that works um you know the fans are nice and silent more silent mm-hmm. than my dang gaming laptop, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm really excited. Going to be playing a lot of new games. Hopefully, uh, going to be playing some Apex at a higher higher frame, frame rate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is big news. Hopefully, this translates to even more stuff for this community. So yeah. it, this is a big deal. There's for me, some potential for some serious stream upgrades, though, if you guys are interested in that now. But that is awesome. Great piece of news. Next piece of news, Apex related. There's some new Horizon in game lore. So, located in the small bike building between Estates and the Phase Runner, it's kind of a rough estimation, but if you look at the map, you might have a good sense of where it is. You can activate a laptop to reveal one out of three messages, and the message is Horizon's son speaking to his mother. So this is kind of starting to begin the teasers for next season, kind of now we're closing in on the finish line of this one. Uh, 
any thoughts that you want to share? Like it wasn't a huge piece of, you know, information, but it's still something. Yeah, I really like these. I think it's so cool that they build these into the map, these kind of teasers that everyone can kind of search out and find. I think that's really fun. Um, but I'm really curious. I don't really know which direction this is going. Um, you know, we try to stay on top of things and mm-hmm. try to make predictions for the next season. And really, so much is in the air. Like, we really don't know. This Horizon storyline um, is really fascinating, but we really haven't had an update on it all season long. And so I'm curious. I'm really curious what's going to happen in season eight because now we kind of are assuming that this is going to play a big part and at least the transition. Yeah, definitely. I'm really interested to see where this goes. Uh, In our conversation you guys are going to hear today with Kevin, we we got some kind of hints on maybe like Horizon and the connection between some future legends and stuff. So building upon her lore uh, and some of the concepts and theories we heard today, like I enjoy her being a big part of this piece of puzzle that kind of will hopefully come together in a beautiful shape. Next piece of news, though, a little leak from Shrug, who has found arena triggers in the latest Kings Canyon map file. This is awesome. 3v3 TDM style mode. Teams spawn on A and B uh, in Gibby Bubbles. Four different loadouts. You got one airdrop in the center, one medical supply bin spawn at the side, three ring stages, and there's going to be many different arenas in different areas of Kings Canyon. The example Shrug has on his Twitter is of artillery, and other arena locations include capacitor, rig, broken relay, gauntlet, cascades, repulsor, water treatment. I know this is something we've talked about for a while, but what are your first reactions to hearing that we might potentially in the future of this game be getting a 3v3 TDM style mode. I'm, I'm really, really excited. You know, if you've been listening, you know that we're big fans of Winter Express. Um, you know, I think that something like this is a wonderful addition to Apex. I love the base game. I loved Ranked. I love how they mix it up with all these limited time modes. But I think getting more action, more gunplay, playing into the strengths of Apex, mm-hmm. I love this. I really do. And my mind just starts going crazy on what this could look like. Like you talk about what's the armor situation Mm going to be mm -hmm. like? What are these loadouts going to be? Are they going to be as like cranked up as Winter Express? Jesus. And the fact that there is an airdrop in the middle, Mm -hmm. what does that really mean? Like, does that mean there's prowlers in there? Mm -hmm. Like what? What's kind of the duration of the game? Is there going to be respawns or is it kind of like a search and destroy? Like no, no respawns. I don't know. It could be so cool though. I'm really excited. I think this could be a ton of fun and I would love to see it come to the game. I would be sad if it came to the game as an LTM though, because I think so many people would love it so much that everyone would hate to see it leave, which would be disappointing. But a 3v3 style mode. Oh my goodness. It's just like, the perfect blend between, you know, a lot of people play Apex because of the movement and a lot of people play Apex because they love Titanfall, but Titanfall was too fast and hard and complicated for it to really go fully mainstream like COD. COD is not the BR. Some people don't really like Warzone. That's where they like Apex animations and stuff. And this is just such a great blend of let's put these Apex characters, these guns, these abilities, this location into TDM COD style gameplay and just have it absolutely thrive i feel like how it really it really could and it really should honestly like that's that's kind of the thing it's built for this in a way 
And I would just be so excited to play this mode just on repeat for hours and hours. Next piece of news though, Shrug also leaked sound triggers and mock-ups hinting towards the return of Mirage Voyage on King's Canyon, potentially sitting over where Skulltown used to be. Um, as soon as I saw this leak, I was like, man, if we got Skulltown with Mirage Voyage floating above it, I might lose my mind. Like, it would be so cool. Like, two of my favorite locations ever coming to life, pretty much. Like, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I'm very excited about it. have to put that on the record. But also, if it's potentially hovering off the map, like over water, that'll be a much different Mirage Voyage Mm -hmm. than what was on World's Edge. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just jump off any which way, Mm -hmm. um, which I think would make it play a lot more different than uh, than many people have experienced I on World's Edge. I can't even tell you how many times I've hopped off of Mirage Voyage yeah. and, you know, a flurry of death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's exciting. And, you know, always with these leaks, you know, so this Mirage Voyage thing, this 3v3 mode, take it with a grain of salt. You know, could be playtesting, could be something else, could be misleading data miners, uh, you know, and even if it does come out, it might not be out for another year. Like, you know, we just got to... Henry and I need to temper our own expectations for a TDM style mode and just in general, like realize that things do change. You know, a lot of the times we've gone over legends that didn't come out before. Like it it happens. It's part of the game. We love this stuff. So as long as we're not spoiling quests or anything, we're happy to share all this information with you guys. But before we get into our interview with Kev the King, we have our first big announcement to make. Uh, We're beyond excited to finally be partnering with a tournament platform for Apex Legends. In the past, we've competed in a few prize-based competitions and really enjoyed that like heightened competition setting personally. And some of our very best games have taken place in this while in tournament. We've gone on an eight-game win streak in a tournament. And I think that the competition really makes you lock in and perform better than you normally would, even in ranked per se. Yeah, so we are just happy to announce that we are partnering with Crucible Gaming, and they offer a really unique style of esports tournaments for Apex Legends. Something that I really like is that they have three different divisions for all skill levels, separated by KD. So you're going against people of kind of similar skill, Mm -hmm. and their system is so simple to navigate that you only have to have one person on your team streaming in order to track the scores. Yeah. And on top of that, it's also super easy to sign up. And right now they're running free tournaments every Wednesday and then $25 entry fee tournaments Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays for huge prizes. Uh, We're going to be registering for the tournament this Saturday, January 16th. Uh, So come on by, compete against us. We're also going to be streaming it. So if you want to watch and, you know, stream snipe us, feel free. Uh, Sign up and use the code THIRDPARTY to get your first $25 tournament entry fee waived. The start times begin at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and run every hour until 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the weekends. Instructions on posting your scores can easily be found on the Crucible website. But by far the best part about Crucible is their customer service, which I just love. Mm -hmm. And you have to have it in this sort of space. You can literally always get a hold of someone to help you out. If you have a question, they respond in less than one minute which is just excellent. It's excellent for sure. And we're just really excited about this. It's our very first tournament for the third party nation. The fact that you can participate for free, you know, use code third party is really special and awesome to us. And then future tournaments, play entry fees, win big prizes, enter into the free ones on Wednesdays. Henry and I will be in these tournaments in the future, particularly this one Saturday. Remember, if you need squad mates, hit us up on Discord or message us directly. This should be an absolute blast. Link in our description to enter and remember to use the code 
third party for a free entry. We're going to now toss it to our Kev the King interview. Welcome to the show, The Outland's most notorious conspiracy theorist. Kev the King has been breaking down Apex lore as deeply as you can for over a year now, with Kev's ability to weave Apex's complex lore and timeline into a coherent but simple, exciting to watch videos. This guy is a must follow. Add in a sprinkle of some of the best conspiracy theories that will get the gears in your head turning at a rapid pace. This dude makes some of the best Apex content out there, and as a fellow club member of Henry's, he's connected to the third party in a close way. Welcome to the show, Kev the King. Hey, thanks for having me here, man. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show. We're excited to talk about some Apex lore and really get to know you a little bit better. It's going to be a good time, we think. Yeah, there's a lot of... um misconceptions about me either people really like my work they heard of me or they kind of hate me but that's okay i'm hope um <laughs> i can clear things up and let people see like what kind of a uh, insane person i am i guess <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure we love it yeah, yeah to kick things off i guess uh what inspires you to make youtube videos and create content for people uh, you know, it's one of those things as a kid, I look up to other content creators that did like complex videos, mm-hmm. like they will take their time to make um videos that take months to make. And then there will be some YouTubers who literally use MS Paint and they'll literally <laughs> get a million views just because of their personality. So I thought to myself, you know what, if they can do it, uh, what can I? And yeah, so basically... I, that that kind of inspired me to start doing YouTube and you know it's a work in progress you try things that work and for me Apex worked um, for me because I was passionate about it I really liked the game when it came out it came out of nowhere and so mm-hmm. for me it was one of those things that I was like huh you know I see I saw potential in Apex I thought maybe it could overtake Fortnite one day um sadly that kind of that i don't think that's kind of a pie dream now who knows maybe they can turn it around still but Mm -hmm. yeah but i i do like the game i can get a little bit emotional sometimes but that's because i want the best for the game you know henry and shane i think that, that that's the best way to say it you want the best for the game like i think anyone that is hard on the game really just wants the best out of it and that's that's kind of where it comes from but speaking of apex what was it? What aspect that really got you into the game? Was it the lore that you're so well known for now, or was it that like gunplay and movement that so many other people point to as the main sticking point? Uh, it was the lore. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, it, it's the first BR that like really wanted to do a lore story, and so for me, it was interesting because I remember Fortnite. They they kind of try to do some something with uh, like making lore, but eventually they just you know they said you know well let's just try random stuff you know they just they just (laughs) forgot about it but when apex actually had like characters with a background story i'm like oh okay i see that's cool uh nobody has done that yet you know and to me that was really interesting because i actually played um titanfall 2 i wasn't really into the lore but i when i saw apex and titanfall were like connected universes i'm like oh okay I see what they're trying to do, and this could actually be something big. Like, I, I actually hope that in the future, like, more BRs add some hint of lore, because it's very clear that if it wasn't for the characters, this game will probably not be as popular as it is now. I think that we can probably agree. The The lore of Apex, I think, is a big sticking point, and if it's not, like, really deep lore, like you and I like, 
um, at mm-hmm. least having those legends, like you said, is really important. And Shay and I also came from Titanfall too, and mm-hmm. having that universe create a lot of value for us. But moving right along into the deep stuff, who is your favorite legend? Uh, it's Caustic. Like for <laughs> for me, Ca- yeah. So the thing about Caustic that not not a lot of people get right is that he's kind of like me. We both like to think bigger picture, you know. <laughs> like 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 especially, it helps especially with the lore because i try to put myself in the writer's shoes like okay why where are they trying to take this story what are they trying to do what's the bigger picture here because i know they have the beginning of the story and the end and they're trying and you know they're just trying to do the middle of it they're trying to write it out in a live service game which is pretty hard uh so uh I won't be too hard on them, but they have done stuff that I don't agree. It's very clear that some stuff they have to rush because of time, because of mm-hmm. COVID. And and I do like that they actually brought in the community to help them out with the lore. Although I do have some, um, I do have some things where I'm like, look, uh, I know you guys can do better uh, with the whole comics thing, but we'll, we'll get that into that later. But yeah, for me... It's um, it's caustic. Uh, he thinks bigger picture. He's somebody like if if you don't really understand what he's saying, right? You would just think he's a sociopath or something that likes to gas <laughs> people. But caustic really is a deep character. He's kind of broken, and he he you know yeah he's a he's seen stuff you know no, he I under think- he understands the deeper meaning of stuff. Yeah, I think that's a good point to kind of like dive into the fact that these characters are really deep. Like they've got a lot of levels to them and Caustic is just one example of that. And we love how much of the uh, aesthetic he makes up of your like YouTube channel and such <laughs> yeah. and all the memes. Like it makes it really entertaining and fun to watch. Uh, something you do a lot on your YouTube channel though is theorize about lore. And what do you think about lore theories uh, connects with the Apex community and your audience specifically? Um, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like leaks, like people want to know what's like the next thing that's coming What's the Mm -hmm. next skin, maybe, um, with the next legends or so, but it's, it's like conspiracy theories. Like people like conspiracies, you know? Yeah. And so when something turns out to be true, people go like, oh, wow. Um, who was like the one crazy person that was spreading this that turned out to be true? And they're like, wow, that guy's a genius. And, you know, so, it, so it, it's fun. Like, everybody does it. Like, uh, I know with the Mandalorian, people were yep. trying to guess who was mm-hmm. the one that Grogu was contacting. And the people that got it right, they're like, wow, I knew it, you know? I and appreciate so, that this turned into a Star Wars conversation. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, people like theories because there's some, like, movies that don't have, like, a, a conclusive ending, so people make up their own theories. And, you know, it's just fun, you know? It's also, it's also feels really good when it, it turns out to be, you turn out to be right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's certainly fun. I think the story of Apex is definitely entertaining for us and a big portion of our content as well. Um, so now that we're here in 2021, Apex has introduced a few different avenues of sharing and spreading lore. What is your favorite way to consume the content? Now we have the quest dialogues or the comics or the stories from the Outlands, or now more recently, we've had more social media posts. Uh, I think it's the stories from the Outlands. They obviously put the most effort into those and you get a lot of lore out of those. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun to analyze like every frame, like, okay, Mm -hmm. what's happening in this scene? What's happening in that scene? And so to me, it's the cinematics. Although some people have complained that 
it's kind of like too much like you have to look through the comics and then the twitter and then um the loading screens mm-hmm. on a different website so i wish they could make it easier um maybe i know there's this um the there's um the apex rated lore they mm-hmm. kind of they will they do help sometimes but i think they also have a website i'm not sure about that but i wish it was a little bit more easier for people to understand the lore because there's a lot there really is and people like me had to go to like a lot of trouble to like go like okay i remember they said something about this uh on the on the apex twitter so let me go all the way back find it okay mm-hmm. find it okay now let me screenshot it and put it in a video and like and explain what's going on yeah but and yeah that's that's what makes following you so valuable though is that it is so hard to kind of put everything together on your own and so having someone like you to really assist with doing that is really awesome at least in our opinion um let's talk about the quest though for a little bit mm-hmm. kind of focus on these they're a real fascinating part of apex uh you know looking back at the first quest in season five um the first big question i think we have is just what were your thoughts on the playable campaign style missions i mean it was cool um killing prowlers and all that um mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know nothing to brag about but i was hoping like okay this is basically them testing it out if it could work so i was hoping by like maybe season eight or nine um they'll do a much better job like an mm-hmm. actually like an actual mission you know um so for me the it wasn't like it was fun and all it wasn't like that great in all honesty but for season five quest the dialogue i don't know how i, I had mixed feelings like a lot of people do that don't follow the lore mm-hmm. um they didn't really care about reading like a lot of dialogue you know they were hoping it'll be voice act but because of you know um covid i think they couldn't do it yeah. and i think they actually did the whole um season five quest like two months before season five so they did it pretty quickly so mm-hmm. i guess that's why they didn't have any voice actors um voice the lines but i, I want to know this from you guys do you guys like the dialogue or the comics better oh well, man we yeah answer actually, away henry we kind of lean towards the dialogue actually we kind of enjoy the longer form i think we get a little more out of it mm-hmm. um but the, the comics are a little more visual. I think it's easier for people to read. Might attract more people to actually get engaged with the lore. But I think I speak for Shay and I when I say we kind of liked having the, the long form. The dialogue's very nice, for sure. Do you have a preference yourself, Kev? Um, I, I, like, to me, I was concerned about the dialogue that you know people don't like reading. Mm-hmm. And they're not gonna want to read it, so I I'm guessing this is why they went to the comic form. But the problem with the comic form is that season season six comics, um, that one was clearly rushed. The person who did the I I saw the guys I saw the guy who did the art, um, his art is way better than what we saw in season six. So to me, it was mm-hmm. very clear that it was rushed. He had little time, so I, um, I was hoping season seven season seven's comic was better art wise but the dialogue was kind of lacking you know he mm-hmm. kind of wanted more details about these characters how does like you know lifeline feel about her parents and all that and so for for me i, I don't know i personally I, I hope they do a hybrid i even like tweeted at the devs mm-hmm. like hey maybe we should do a hybrid where it's dialogue like three pages of dialogue and then there's a comic you know 
and that then could be a good we're an important like an important thing that we need to see what it looks like and then go back to dialogue like three more pages and then a comic uh that's how i would do it if i was them or or you know maybe they they will do what they did now with the whole crypto and watson thing where they had like a little conversation mm-hmm. uh, although that's more time consuming i don't know if they will do that yeah, let's talk now about the stories from the Outlands. Personally, it's one of the things that we look forward to the most when they're announced. And for this, let's just have some fun. Uh, I'm going to read off the list of all of the stories from the Outlands to date. And rather than go through them one by one, let's just kind of casually rank them from top to bottom, least favorite, most favorite, and just have some fun talking about the backbone of Apex Legends lore that's really accessible to everybody. So starting things off, we had a father's letter, which was Watson's. Then the famous Voidwalker Wraith, forever family for crypto, up close and personal for Forge, the old ways bloodhound, legacy of a thief for Loba, the endorsement for Rampart, promise for Horizon, and most recently fight night for Pathfinder. Yo, I have a guess as to what Kev's least favorite one is going to be. So I, I, I want to hear the, I want to hear some of these thoughts real quick. Uh, yeah, it's got to be um up close and personal, just because Forge died. And so yeah, <laughs> I, I was, yeah, it's heartbreaking. I was hoping that Forge was going to be a, a playable character. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the devs were trying to you know bamboozle us, and they did. Uh, but yeah, but. That's uh, I guess that's my least favorite just because Forge dies and it's um you know revealed that Revenant's the next legend um I think but, that's a that's a solid least favorite Henry and I we kind of always gravitate towards uh the endorsement for Rampart endorsement. as the least well, favorite <laughs> because of a couple reasons but most of which being uh, want me to explain why uh yeah sure, that's my yeah, second you can least explain favorite. it you yeah, can that's explain that's my it. least okay. second favorite and that's because um. Big Sisters crew. I don't know if they have a name or not. I forgot. But not that basically, we know of, I think. yeah. So basically, they go to her shop, and knowing who Rampart is, because they face her in the <laughs> gauntlet, lore wise. And for some reason, they two of them decide to bring medieval weapons to a gun shop. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, what? And like two of them then bring like a pistol and a shotgun, and then like the one robot girl who had robotic arms like it was just kind of crazy to me that i don't know i i made a joke about it i made a video about it i joke about it saying that this is team rocket like who brings medieval <laughs> weapons they literally brought a knife to a gunshot <laughs> yeah they yeah so rampart literally almost like she basically won that fight except for like if it wasn't for like blue hair girl who like snuck up on her but yeah she basically bodied them mm-hmm. um and I don't know. I feel like it, it, they were trying to make those people look seem strong, but it kind of looked cartoonish to me, you know, kind of silly. Although Big <laughs> Sister did look like, you know, like um, she looks like she's going to be like a main villain in the mm-hmm. in the future of the, of the story. So I'm excited for that. I have a few theories to think who I think I know who she might be, but I don't know if you guys want to hear it. But let's hear. Well, it. Let's we hear have it. some thoughts, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So. My thoughts is that Big Sister could be Mila Alexander. It's either her. Let's go. That's yeah, our guess. Or, Let's yeah, go. yeah. It's either her or it could be somebody Bloodhound was because I remember Bloodhound was talking about um they are trying to find somebody that they love. 
or something like that. But right now, I'm 80% sure it's Mila and 20% sure it, it could be Bloodhound's love interest or something. Okay. And so for the the way, this is how I connected it, if you want to hear how. Sure. It, yeah, so you know how Crypto, I mean, well, Taejun Park has a fake personality named yeah. Crypto, right? Mm-hmm. Well, funny enough, since we now know that they're all three of them are, re, you know, related in a way. Uh, so Taejun Park, he has Crypto as his, you know, secondary personality. Alexander Knox has caustic, and now that we know Mila is out there, um, she's alive. Funny enough, she hasn't contacted her mom, even though we know it's possible because mm-hmm. Crypto was able to contact Mystic, um, with a secret letter. So if she's out there in the Outlands, like you know, um, she escaped. How come she hasn't contacted Mystic? And I made a theory about that, that Mila, in a way, might be a, a traitor, that she might have been the one to sell out um, Taejun Park. But my guess is that her second personality, just like um, her brother Crypto, and maybe um, somehow related to Caustic, her second personality is Big Sister. Okay. It always yeah. comes back to Caustic. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> when you're talking with Kev, it's always about Caustic. I love uh, that. Yeah, our kind of point of confusion on the endorsement, was it was hard to get behind Blisk being there, and then it kind of oh, just want to hear like, my theory. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I was gonna make a, a video about this, but there was not enough evidence. But <laughs> I, I, I actually, um, when Rampart, um, when Rampart came out, and the way, um, the way Blisk just was like there, right? The way he was just mm-hmm. waiting for like the whole fight to end. I don't know. I have a feeling that maybe Cuban Blisk is either her dad or a godfather. You know, like somebody like oh. told her to like look out for her because it's kind of weird that she that he was just there, you know, mm-hmm. like waiting. And I think Big Sister saw him and she's like, oh, no, it, it's um, it's Blisk. I don't want to mess with him because, you know, he's a former pilot, even though he's old. He's and still so a think, beast. Yeah, he's still a beast. So she didn't want to mess with him. So she left with her crew. And I think Cuban gave her that car because he knew she was going to be in danger. Mm-hmm. So he's like, look, um, I'm going to put you in the games because I, I think he understood like she like, you know, she can handle herself. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you'll be safer there with the protection of the syndicate than, you know, here in the streets being attacked, you know, in random times, you know, because he's not always going to be there. I and so, like yes. that, Kev. I really like that. That <laughs> actually makes some sense to me. What are your thoughts on that, Henry? Yeah, I like it too. I just wish that we had some more of that in canon because mm-hmm. it just seems weird that if Blisk is this guardian, mm-hmm. why then put his charge into a blood sport? Like, and it was kind I know that she had kind of stir up some trouble, you know, in these underground fights, but is she really in that much danger? Like, it w- I wasn't really clear. Yes, she got her store burned down, but if if you're in danger and you're a good fighter do you just get to be in the apex games like is that it it, uh, it was so, confusing to me uh so lore wise um apparently like you know how you had to qualify to be in the games well yeah technically uh, that's not true there that card um, mm-hmm. yeah the card it's not if you get like if you get a card like a special access you get to be the next legend you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of loopholes to it so it doesn't you don't really have to be a qualifier it's like um, it's as long as you get in, invi- as long as you know, yeah, as long as you know somebody. <laughs> as long as Bliss is uh, your homie, you're in. 
Yeah, you're in. Okay, basically. let's keep it rolling. So no. <laughs> outside of outside of the endorsement and up close and personal, we got a bunch of these other stories from the Outlands. And honestly, the rest of these, you could convince me to rank them in any order. How, do you have any like list in front of you at all? Do you like want to rattle some off and maybe give a little bit of your opinions on each of them? Um, like it, I'm kind of like you. Like I can't really put them in order. I'm, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess number one will be on Pathfinder's Fight Night just because okay. it kind of was like the beginning wow. of like the story. Mm-hmm. Um, like the writers were saying, like, yeah, that connected. That told me, like, mm-hmm. okay. This is where the story actually begins, you know, lore wise. And everything else was kind of like, you know, like a startup, like to get to here. And I did so, like that one for sure. Yeah. So, like, want me to give you a few, like, thoughts about each one of them? Sure. How about we go? Let's, let's talk about, I want to hear your thoughts specifically on Forever Family. This is Family. Henry and I's one of our favorites. It might be the top. If not, it's close behind. And it's one. I don't think got enough attention that it deserved when it came out. So yeah. I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts on that one before we get into anything else. Yeah. So you know how I am. Like I look like I look at every little frame mm-hmm. that happens in the forever family. And when I hear Mila talk, I find it kind of weird. Like this is how I came to the conclusion that maybe she betrayed mm. Taejun part because it's just kind of weird that she just so have she was the one well that wasn't her but her reaction when they found the prediction algorithm seemed kind of odd you know Mm -hmm. like it's almost like yeah she was (laughs) yeah she was very sus and like she didn't have the same reaction like oh wow this could be very dangerous for us like we had to be no she was like oh we found this you know let's um let's do something with this like she was kind of in i feel like she was trying to convince crypto or, or her brother Taejun Park that, mm-hmm. hey, let's do something with this. Like, we, we can get our second chance, our second life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she, like, it was all planned. And when he said no, that's when she's like, okay, um, you know about this now and you don't want to do anything with it. So, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, it, it turns out to be some kind of a story where she betrayed him and she, in a way, lied about, like, you know, lied about this whole mm-hmm. situation that, you know, Maybe it was all planned with the syndicate, you know, that, okay, I'm, you can say that, you know, they captured me, you guys captured me, and, like, and that it was my brother that killed me, and then since Taejun Park escaped, right, um, they're trying to, like, make him come out of hiding. Uh, that's my, that's my, my thoughts on it, because it's very weird the way Mila acted on it. Man, that Mila would be a very bad, bad mm-hmm. sister. Like, yeah, crypto lost everything. He lost his whole life, lost his name. Now he has to, you know, fight in a blood sport. Like that is not a very nice uh, sister at all. Yeah, but it's one of those things where I'm like, um, I would, lo- I would love that to happen. That it turns out to be um, Mila, like some, you know, and their whole thing is forever family, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and so what happens if one of your family members betrays you? What, what would take you? What would he do? Gotta well, find he, a family in Mirage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like you know, I, I would I would love for the writers to like go through that and be like, mm-hmm. hey, what if like the person you thought was family betrayed you? Does does forever family still mean something for him? Like, I mm-hmm. want to see crypto like maybe tempted to join the syndicate. Like, you know, what, what's the point of fighting back? I like that thought process for sure. That's really interesting. What would be your uh, second favorite stories of the Outlands then if we're going through all these? 
I had my second favorite, then it had to be um uh, a father's led Watsons. Okay. Remind th- that was a long time ago. So maybe yeah, give a little reminder on at least why you like a father's leather so much then to the listeners. Yeah, because you know, it's one of those really emotional ones that, you know, kinda hit you uh in the heart. You mm-hmm. know, you, you can tell that this person, um, Luke Paquette, like really loved his daughter. And what's very interesting, especially now then we since we got the crypto Watson dialogue mm-hmm. where he revealed who he was, is that Watson said that, hey, I owe a lot to the syndicate, like um her and her father built the ring and all that. Yep. But what's interesting, if you really pay close attention to Luke Bakhead, when he knew it sounded like he knew he was going to die. <laughs> and what's interesting about that is that he never he said you were I know you're in good hands, but he didn't mention the syndicate. Ah. Now that was very suspicious. I'm like, hmm. I know the syndicate are, you know, shady, mm-hmm. but the fact that it sounded like you knew you were going to die and he said that you're in good hands. I don't think he was talking about the syndicate. I think he was talking about the legends because in the end, like it, when he did pass away, it was the legends that went to like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Comfort Watson. So it was very interesting. So to me, I think this is the big, this is where it all started, where we, we get to, we have a sense that. The real enemy is the syndicate, and we now know is that they work with Hammond Robotics because mm-hmm. they build Revenant about three hundred years ago. So uh, there's, there's it's a conspiracy. I see it, it's so fun. <laughs> I know I we're definitely with <laughs> you. Like it's a conspiracy. We have a hundred percent been like it thinks it feels like they're building to the syndicate as being the big bad and all the legends yeah. versus the syndicate in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. And that's kind of exciting. Whatever um, it means I don't know for if you future. want to know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tom actually on if you look back at uh, the EA the EA live on 2009. Okay. I mean 2019, but um he basically kind of he kind of spoiled the story where he's like, yeah, Watson will be the one that unites all the legends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was very interesting cuz I'm like unites all the legends and I'm like against who? And then yeah. he and then like the the more I look back at it, the more I'm like, it has to be the syndicate Hammond Robotics. So I think one one day when all the legends are introduced, it's going to be her that unites everybody together. Yeah, I think Watson as the uniter is perfect. She's she's a great character. I absolutely adore her. Let's keep it rolling. How about so we got coming in at number one right now? We have Fight Night, and then we got a Father's Letter at second. What's coming in at the number three spot? Uh, that was um to me the three the third spot would be, what's it called, the the promise, okay. The horizons, okay, yeah, shorter one, but got a lot of really good information out of that one for sure. Yeah. Um. Wait, wait. Say again. You said short. Uh, it was a little shorter it, coming from like what the old ways was, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that it gave us a lot of really good information. And Henry and I, as Titanfall fans getting to theorize about ash potentially being in that one that was our favorite aspect of the promise trailer at least what about you though yeah well basically it kind of established like you know what happened before the titanfall games Mm -hmm. like basically what led up to it and so we saw i saw i think her name was dr reed that was um horizon's Mm -hmm. lab assistant which i i theorized that you know 
It's not confirmed, but it's basically, you know, accepted that that's Ash. That's Ash. Yeah, yeah. that's Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting because before that, everybody just assumed she was a soldier mm-hmm. that like a really good pilot that got hurt and turned into simulacrum. Mm-hmm. But now it seems that um, she, you know, she betrayed Horizon, got the Brantium and something. I think she was double crossed mm-hmm. and something happened to her and then they turned into simulacrum. That, that's my guess. To me, that makes the most sense, but um, I know everything is gonna go back to Brantium. <laughs> like, like, like Ash literally says that everything All ties back to Brantium. To Brantium. Yeah, mm-hmm. so everybody, in some way, shape, or form, everything's gonna go back to that little crystal, which is probably the most powerful thing in the universe. If that could have solved like an energy crisis, yeah. so everybody's gonna want their hands on it. I'm excited to see what they do with that story and how that ties into the rest of it. Yeah. What do you got at number four, potentially? Uh, for number four, I think number four was Cryptos. Okay. Um, Forever okay. Family. So I already talked about that. What's next then? Five? And five, Boydwalker. Now, Boydwalker, I, um, I do have some problems with it. Um, Where Boydwalker was looking through her the information, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, Atlas soldiers came in. That was kind of confusing. And I, I talked to a lot of Tinerfoil players about that and they were confused too because they're like well the war should have been over a long time ago Mm -hmm. so why is there atlas soldiers in the facility and i remember um tom and kind of hinted that there were two legends that they were having trouble lore wise to connect and that and i'm guessing that was um bangalore and rafe because rafe was supposed to be a senior science pilot but people have did the math and they're like, well, she couldn't be a senior science pilot at the age of 10 to 14. That's kind of silly. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to have to move the dates around to make sense of it. And so the other one was Bangalore because um, the Battle of Gridiron, where basically the war was officially over, um, from what I read, ended in the year 2715. And so... People were saying, like, does that mean Bangalore has been stranded for, like, a, a lot of years? Like, almost how many years? Um, 15, 16, Almost 20 years in the Outlands, which is kind of re- crazy. But, um, yeah, I don't know how the writers are going to fix that. But I, I know it, it seemed to me, I don't, I don't want to, like, you know, bash them. But it seems to me that they kind of forgot the dates of when the wars ended. Because I remember there was this one line with Bangalore. And Loba, where Bangalore said that funny, a few years ago, I would have had you in handcuffs because, you know, Loba's a thief. Mm-hmm. And so what that tells me is that it it feels like they were hoping to make the, the Battle of Gridiron somewhere in the year 2727, 20, like, you know, to, you know, match the dates. Mm-hmm. But they kind of forgot that it's somehow that the typhoon exploded. It's now confirmed that it exploded in mm-hmm. the year 2715. So it only makes sense that it should be a two-year difference that the final battle happened, or maybe the same year. Uh, we don't know. But yeah, I don't... <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be up to the writers to try to make sense of it, because it's kind of complicated mm-hmm. rape in Bangalore's um, lore. In fact, they changed Bangalore's lore like three times in the description, because it was kind of hard to understand. Yeah. The writers definitely have a tough job, to say the least. Like, they've got a lot of stories that they have to link together in an already existing universe, which 
definitely is not an easy task by any means. So we try and give them the benefit of the doubt and uh, let them do their thing. And hopefully it turns out absolute perfection. But I love all the theories around kind of how and what you think and how it should fit together. And the last one, um, I think Bloodhounds, right? The old ways. Yep. Yeah, the old ways, like, it wasn't like nothing like, you know, bigger pick lore, like, you know, what's the grand scheme of the story? It was basically a personal journey for Bloodhound, mm-hmm. uh, why they became a warrior. And I kind of, I made a theory about it. I remember I made a theory about it. Um, I called it um, Who's Pathfinder's Creator, you know, because mm. algorithm reasons. Yeah, that would have done better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, people would have want to watch um. Oh, who's Pathfinder's crater than um um you know Bloodhound's um lore or history? But yeah, so basically, I kind of theorized that um um the whole the whole theme of it was basically it was going to be a village to that accepts the new way of technology, but remembers the old ways. You know, mm-hmm. like it's okay to accept something new, but remember, but you know, remember the old ways of doing it. You know, yeah. And so I got the theme of it right. I, I my theory that you know, uh, <laughs> my theory was wrong about who Black um, Pathfinder's creator was, but uh, I feel good that I got the theme you know correct at least. Mm-hmm. The old ways was definitely a solid one, Henry. I know you actually were a pretty big fan of that one. Do you have any more thoughts you want to throw in there? Oh yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a really good story. I just thought it looked really good too. Like that's why I like the Forever Family as well. I just thought mm-hmm. the animation was really clean in it. And the last one, just because it's the only one we haven't talked about yet, is Legacy of a Thief. And I liked that one because it really, I thought, led up to Loba being in the games with, you know, mm-hmm. the, the finding of Revenant. So I, I thought that was a really good one, too. I don't know where that one falls for you, though, Kev. Yeah, I think it's below. I think that's, like, uh, my third least favorite. Okay. If I'm yeah, so um, we didn't really get a lot of you know information out of that. Um, I we do notice that she's working with um Jamie, who's a ha- another hacker, mm-hmm. and he's the one that got information about um who uh, like he somehow was able to get information about who Caustic is. Yeah, and told Lova, and that's how um that kind of kickstarted why Caustic wanted to get rid of Lova because she knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to keep that a secret. So it's all connected. It's very interesting. But yeah, it was it's basically um it was showing us what happened to Lova when Revenant killed her parents and how she became a thief. Yeah. Well that kind of wraps up, I guess, us talking about stories from the islands. I think we got some good uh <laughs> little good touching points on each one, talking a bit about how they connected and find them where they at least rank for Kev and I think Henry and I would be pretty dang close to that ranking. Mix up a couple of them here or there. Um, moving on though, you've voiced your concerns, uh, with the future of the game overall recently when it comes to lore and a couple of videos and rather than kind of like rehash that and focus on the negatives, we kind of want to take a different perspective on this matter. If you had full control over the future of apex lore, what would you do? How would you share the information? And then there is, is there a specific storyline you would want to spend a lot of time focusing on? Mm, so if like how to spread like hey this here's how the story's going yeah um what i would do is i'll tell the writers um that hey maybe make like a short video explaining like a recap you know mm-hmm. like a recap of what happened in the season five quests mm. and like 
give the writers like you know like the right you know i don't know because the writers say they wanted they want the players to make up their own minds mm-hmm. so because if they do say something then people are going to be like well that contradicts this and, and you know uh so i think a short recap like like a video basically they post a video explaining okay in season five this is what happened like the important parts you know what led up to it and that's it and people can be like okay um so this is what happened and maybe like throw in their little twitter um their twitter hints because Mm -hmm. i remember they do teases and it's kind of hard sometimes to go through go all the way back like okay where did I see this te- tease in the Twitter? What date mm-hmm. was it? And so, yeah, so just put in that video. So just a short recap, because I know a lot of people wanted an easier way to, like, understand what's going on in the story. And it's, you know, it's kind of hard when you have to look through all this other stuff. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Having that recap would be uh, very nice to kind of at least lead into the next season and make it easier for people to figure out um and i guess that kind of leads into our next question is do you think that the lore for apex is accessible to the general player you know like the canon lore that is everywhere else and on twitter now um yeah but you have to do a little bit of work and Mm -hmm. you know most people if it's um too hard or you know if if the if you all you had to do is scroll down and press a button (laughs) some people are not going to want to do that and so um, I, I wish there was an easier way to like, you know, make it more. I mean, it, you could find the lore, but it's just kind of hard. And some people don't want to take that extra step. So, I mean, one benefit of that is that it helps me out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but if more people can get into it, I, I think that overall that will help the story. Yeah, in general. Definitely. Yeah, we definitely enjoy all the lore we can get. I really like that idea about having a recap video, uh, maybe for like the whole year to date or something mm-hmm. bigger, just to kind of start off fresh and see where the see where the next storyline takes us. Yeah, I mean, if they if they if they want me to do one, you know, oh. my DMs are open. Yes. Like <laughs> uh, somebody, I forgot who it was. Somebody tried to do that, uh, and I'm like, oh. Oh, good luck. I told him good luck because it's kind of complicated. Like, mm-hmm. if you really want to recap the entire story. So, um, in the end, he didn't do it. So, I'm like, okay. And that gave me the idea of doing it, too. But then I'm like, okay, that's going to take a lot of work. And I don't know if people are going to be interested in it. But, hey, if if if, if Respawn wants to work with me, <laughs> I'm willing to do it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it for sure. So, now, in terms of theories you know i think we've already gotten pretty deep into some of your conspiracies and some deep thoughts but we want to dive in and maybe pull some new thoughts out of you Mm -hmm. and i think because we most recently got the fight night stories from the outlands Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about qw and so he's in this short as a mob boss style killer you theorize Mm -hmm. that despite him falling to what looks like his apparent death Uh He may, in fact, be alive, potentially as a simulacrum. Uh So why do you think that, I guess? And how do you think that QW fits into the future uh, of Apex lore? The way he fits is I think he's going to be either the second or third, like, big boss of the story. Like, somebody that's going to give the Legends trouble. And the way he survived is because we... 
I remember this. The whole cinematic happened in the year 2725. But um there was this like um what's it called? Um yeah, so there was this augmented reality game and basically um the the you know the people like spear and his friends they they concluded that after solving all the puzzles that they were going to get a, a confirmed lore piece and in mm. that confirmed lore piece it basically says that it, it was a work order that basically said um that it was basically Taejun Park and Mila Alexander working and basically they got hired by ABMS to make um to broadcast the games and so in the end of the work order, we see the initials QW. And so mm-hmm. QW should have died in the year 2725, but here he is in the year 2731, giving them like a, mm-hmm. basically a receipt. How is that possible? So to me, that tells me that he's alive. And we know simulacros are a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and as long as the head's alive, and I'm. I remember somebody made a joke about it in my comic, saying that no, Kev, he had a he had golden shield and rebound shield. Yeah, so <laughs> <Gold> knock. <laughs> yeah, gold knock. So, um, basically, I think he's a simulacrum. To me, it'll be cool if he was a simulacrum, and you know, he's still going after. Actually, I think that's one of the other questions. You, I don't want to get into that yet, but yeah, that's why I, he's still alive because either somebody's pretending to be him, but th- that'll be kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Or he's a simulacrum. And to me, I'd rather go with the funnest theory just because, you know, <laughs> it's fun and exciting. So to me, I like to think he's a simulacrum. And he has um, unfinished business with Pathfinder. Pathfinder has the recording of him killing somebody. Now, he doesn't know that it got erased mm-hmm. in the cinematic. but So he still thinks that Pathfinder still has it. So he's going to try to go after him. And Crypto is looking for him. So. I think it's just perfect. I can kind of see where the writers are going with this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so. He seems to fit in pretty well. I, I like that for sure. Talking about lore in general a bit more now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think having a good understanding of Apex lore can help you actually be better at the game? You know, we look at uh, your breakdown of Watson's power based on lore video and essentially how you walk through how she appears in the video as well as how to conclude that she's strong in buildings and should focus on sniping, which is, in general, very useful advice and something we really liked. Do you think players should pay should be paying more attention to these details as indicators of what they should do in the actual BR game of Apex? Um, no, because, um, you know, um, lore-wise and gameplay-wise, are very they're very different, mm-hmm. but... I would say this is that it, it gives you a more of an appreciation of the legend you're playing. So, mm-hmm. if for example, actually, I can't think of an example. But I think Watson's yeah. like a great example, like the, of the you connect with the character. She's gonna be more enjoyable to play for a character that is uh, not the most like she's not built to be the most just fun character to play in a BR. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one I would think of for sure, but I think that's a really good point that lore just connects with the characters. Yeah, it helps you appreciate the characters more. And for for me, it's fun to speculate how strong they'll be. Like if if you know if they actually fought in real life. And for me, when I found out that Watson does like I didn't I didn't know this because I don't play Watson that much, but her coil does like two point five million volts or something insane like that. And so 
what that means is that if you touch Watson or if Watson touches, well, if she touches you, you get vaporized. It's one of her um, finishers too. So in real, in real, so, you know, so if this was real life, basically if she touches you as soon as you land, you're dead. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. I think Um, you want to think about it like that. Your video on that, I was just watching. It was pretty, pretty fun. I think it was 1.2 million volts, but you were saying that you had to do some research on electricity and it wasn't the volts that should scare you. It's the potential amps that are making her vaporize bodies and rocks. Like she's got some magical electricity is what you kind of concluded. Yeah. I mean, when she went to go talk to crypto, she said that, Hey, uh, um, I'm not here because I trust you. Like I can do like serious damage. I thought that was a neat um little detail. Like, like I don't know if the, I don't I don't know if the devs watch my videos. Uh, but it, it's kind of interesting that um she said that because I'm like, huh. I wonder why they will bring that little detail up. That hey, I'm not here because you know I trust you a little bit. I can like hurt you if I wanted to. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So now to hopefully not uh get you riled up or you know (laughs) harm anything when is forge coming back when is forge coming back uh i don't know but i know the writers um if they wanted to they can bring him back easily because (laughs) um that video honestly that video is what like uh i owe forge a lot because that video about forge is alive is like kind of what got me like Mm -hmm. people talking about me so if it wasn't for Forge, uh, I don't know how big I would have gotten. Me, it would. I think it would have taken longer. But that was the video that blew up for me, got people's attention, and I pointed out like everybody was saying that hey, there's some inconsistencies with um the guy that um the Outlands interviewer was interviewing. Like Forge's eyes were not the same color. Like if you saw the poster behind her, uh, they were green, but the the guy who was being interviewed was brown. Mm-hmm. People pointed out that hey, the the hair, um, the hair is not the same. So a lot of inconsistencies. When people pointed out in the Bloodhound trailer that hey, um, if you look at Arthur's um his um scar, it, it's very consistent throughout the frame. So how come in this time it's not consistent? So mm. if they wanted to, they can. I, I theorized that it was a buddy, a a buddy double, or a or somebody like yeah. like that won a Forge contest. Like who's the best Forge lookalike? Because um, the syndicate knew that there was like there was somebody out there breaking into the facilities, killing scientists. So maybe they were like, you know, um, worried that Forge might be a target. Mm-hmm. And so to to me that um, I speculated there was a buddy double, and you know, and so but if they but you know it seems like it's confirmed he's dead. The writers have mm-hmm. basically said he's dead, but technically they can bring him back that's what you would that's a conspiracy the thing is you can bring anybody back as a simulacrum at this point which is um, cool but also slightly unfortunate in a way yeah but um we now know is that all you need is the head Mm -hmm. in forge he got pierced in the heart yeah but his head was i'm pretty sure his head was all good so if they (laughs) wanted to the writers could just you know put his head in a, a tube and, and and make him into simulacrum because lore wise he's he was very popular mm-hmm. um so uh, although the writers like uh, kind of go from he he was really popular to now he's no longer popular i don't know i feel like if i annoyed him enough maybe i can bully them into putting him in the game <laughs> in some way shape <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. So for yeah. forges, forges may be happening. Let's talk about something that yeah. might more 
that's been more hinted at happening recently. You, know, you don't have a mm-hmm. ton of videos about Blisk or Ash, and it seems like there's they've been at the front of people's minds recently for a while. Do you have any theories around these two guys and how they might potential enter into the game? Yeah, so the thing about Bliss that I notice is that he dis- he was the commissioner and he went missing mm-hmm. for a year. Now, that was very interesting, and I made a theory that I think Blisk found out about the prediction algorithm, and he was pissed, because Mm. he's always a guy saying that, hey, I want the best of the best to compete against each other, you know, to prove who's better. And so when you have a prediction algorithm that somehow makes it where you, you favor a certain legend, right, their odds improve, like, if I remember right from the cinematic, they gave Rave, like, an 87% 87% chance of winning. And I don't know how they do it. I don't know if they just like make really good look appear in one bin or another, but um, they somehow rigged the odds. And I think Blisk was, you know, he'll be totally against that, like complete rigging to like make them um, a lot of money because I'm pretty sure there's gambling involved, like mm-hmm, every major mm-hmm. sport, right? Yeah. And it's a billion dollar. Uh, I'm, I'm sure when it comes to gambling, they make billions. And so, if in a way if people have that power they can do insider um trading illegal Mm -hmm. yeah insider trading where they can bet on a on the legend who has almost zero odds of winning right and people can bet on him to win and out of nowhere they make fortune Mm -hmm. and so i think he might have found out about that and he confronted them and basically they told him well guess what we run the games Mm -hmm. now not you and he left and I think he went to go get, um, I don't know what happened, but I think he heard, I think he got word that Ash was back. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, he basically told Ash that, hey, um, I had to get rid of you for a reason. Uh, like some, like a few years ago, mm-hmm. he threw Ash into the other dimension. That one was kind of complicated to understand. <laughs> but from my understanding, Ash had numbers in her head that the Hammond Robotics and the Syndicate wanted. Okay. And once they got those numbers in her head, they threw her out and Pathfinder found her. Mm-hmm. And so my guess is that when they, you know, um, I, I don't know what exactly happened. I don't know what the writers are, how they're going to connect it, but basically, Blisk found Ash again, and he was surprised that she remembered everything. Yeah. Yeah, so what I think is going to happen is that they kind of hinted at it, like Bliss said that, hey, uh, I heard an old friend of yours came back, and I think they were talking about Horizon, so mm-hmm. they're going to talk about, they're going to talk to Horizon and be like, hey, um, we're going to need your help, help on something, so I think that's how it's going to connect. And then to work with Horizon, they'll need to enter the games. Like that, then that kind yeah. of come in full circle. I like that. Horizon being the connection, potentially. What are your thoughts on that one, Henry? I like that a lot. I think the Blisk needs some more love in the lore, and that's kind of one of my hopes for uh, this next season. But, Kev, what are your like hopes and dreams for season eight lore? Well, um, it's gonna get a little bit controversial, but um, <laughs> I was um, I, I you know, I was thinking that season eight we were going to get um Revenant's head. Mm, like mm-hmm. um yeah it was kind of built up that we were going to go to this facility and i was thinking that maybe this is where we might get a pve mode again where each week we go through the you know the facility levels yeah. until we get to revenant's head 
And so at the end, it's just like Revenant and Lova, like, you know, because it, it's what they wanted to do. And so I thought that was, that's how season eight was going to like play out or season nine. And they kind of rushed it, in my honest opinion. And I kind of, kind of mad because mm-hmm. I'm like, all oh, that build up for, for this. And, you know, people were saying that, oh, you know, um, you're being like, you know, um, you know, unfair. Uh, I, unfair Mm -hmm. yeah it's a nice way of saying it and you know and i'm like look you can't build up like all this build up from season five Mm -hmm. right to go to olympus to the get revenant's head for this i don't think it's a me i want the best for the game Mm -hmm. and i thought what they did was a little bit um rush actually it was a lot of rush and it was unsatisfaction well unsatisfying basically yeah it it just and, it wasn't the payoff that you wanted, and I think that echoes with a lot of people for exactly what you were saying. And like they built this up for a really long time, and for it to conclude in kind of like a hard to find way if you're not following the Twitter was slightly disappointing. I think. And yeah, and you know, I got a lot of hate for it. But funny enough, the people that hate me when I when I do something like that, right? <laughs> I do get a lot of um likes. And so the people that don't like me, they get confused. They're like, huh, mm-hmm. Kevin's being negative, yet a lot of people agree with him. Yeah. Well, so what's going on? And that's because <laughs> deep down, um, <laughs> people are like, you yeah, know, people are like, you know what? Kevin may be insane and he may be unfair, but he has a point. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's very fair. If you had to take a, just a shot, like any guess, who do you think the next legend is, though, for season eight? Uh, to me, it'll make more sense if it's um, Bliss, mm-hmm. because I I made a yeah I also made a video about this. Like Horizon really hates uh, <laughs> Doctor Reed. Yeah, she re- like there's a there's a, a one of those loading screens where she basically talks about like how she's a backstabbing little mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I think it'll make more sense if Bliss joins first, talks to Horizon, and be like, hey um. Uh, I have a partner. You're not gonna um, like she, it. But, <laughs> you're not gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna do yeah, some good stuff together. Hopefully. Yeah, we're gonna we're going to work together, and you're gonna get what you want. And I'm gonna get what you know. Everybody gets what they want in the end. Uh-huh. Definitely. And yeah. So yeah, because if um if because if Ash joins first, it, I feel like it's just gonna be toxic. You know, it's gonna be such a toxic environment because Revenant now hates Loba, and you know he's going to try to. Um, take something else away from her mm-hmm. um horizon and blisk uh, no horizon and ash are going to be fighting you know backstabbing each other mm-hmm. and yeah so i think it makes more sense if blicks bliss joins first and then ash i like that henry any other thoughts before we get to the last question i like that a lot i i'm not sure the likelihood of bliss coming in next but i'd be really excited to to finally get him in the game and finish out that story and it would be great just for a titanfall fan like those people that get to finally see blisk or ash like come into the game and it all kind of comes full circle in a way but last question though kind of a fun Mm -hmm. one are you looking forward to pathfinders quest book that is going to be coming out at the beginning of next month i believe yeah so from my understanding, uh, is it going to be like a comic or is it going to be like you have to actually read it? it's going to be a blend of both. Correct me if I'm wrong, Henry, if you know anything no, more. No, I think that's right. Okay. So some okay. comics, some like regular reading and kind of just all the lore around Pathfinder. 
Yeah, because uh, on Fight Night, like, we do get, like, screenshots of, like, dates that make no sense. Mm-hmm. Like, there was this one of Pathfinder being a babysitter to this baby. <laughs> and so my guess is that the book might go more into detail, like, who this baby could be. Mm-hmm. Maybe a future legend. Um, mm. Yeah, so... I like that. Um, yeah, there's some missing... I'm pretty sure the book is going to explain those uh, missing dates. Like, there was this one where Pathfinder was, like, um, trying to defuse this bomb, which I didn't understand <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, what does this have to do with anything? There was this one where he learns how to fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and that was interesting because he was on the co-pilot seat. That means somebody taught him how to fly. Yeah. Like, he he, he wasn't just programmed mm-hmm. or, like... Yeah, so somebody actually taught him, like, okay, this is how you fly Pathfinder. So it's very interesting. So I'm pretty sure that's where the book's going to touch, like, you know, those missing dates. Mm-hmm. And also talk about uh, some other legends. Uh, I know for sure there there's this one where people ask, um, where does Revenant live? And I think they kind of gave the answer where he might be the one that lives in a cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm looking for... I'm going to make a video about mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm going to get the digital version. I'm basically... I'm basically going to read everything, show the comics, and so if people can't afford it, then I'll just post it for free. Yeah. I, I hope I can do that. I hope they don't get angry that, oh, Kev, you're ruining our sales. <laughs> we're, well, we're just... <laughs> well, speaking of that, then, so if you're going to be posting some lore information, which we all know and love and a lot of our listeners love, where can our people find you and find all your content at? Just give us a little plug right here. Uh, yeah, you can just look me up at Kev the King ninety nine YT YouTube. That's I'm like that's where you can find all my crazy conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. But if you guys want to ask me something like you know that's not on the list, you can yeah, ask me now. Um, I I don't have anything off the top of my head, Henry. Do you got anything else? Yeah, that's a wrap. I think we I think we did it. Definitely. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Kev. It was a all great right. time having you. Yeah, thanks. I hope people get to know this crazy guy a little bit more like i'm not a bad person it's all lore all fun thank you so much awesome great interview we had an absolute great time talking with kevin here uh and now we're going to wrap up the show by answering guys's five star questions off of apple Podcasts. First question is coming from Little Joe. Coffee or tea? I am a tea kind of guy. I feel like Henry is a coffee guy and Shay doesn't like either. Just a guess. You guys are awesome. You nailed me. I don't like either. You find me either drinking water or apple juice pretty much. Yeah, I grew up in a coffee drinking household, Mm -hmm. but I lean way with you, Joe. I'm a tea guy all the way, but... I probably put a little too much sugar in mine, so I'm not sure if you can call me legit tea. As Ted Lasso would say, garbage water. Okay, <laughs> that's what tea is. <laughs> I love that show. Next question going from Follower Boy. This podcast is a great resource for everybody who wants to improve at the game. Henry and Shade do a great job conveying important information that can really impact both your gameplay and your strategy. I have two questions. One, who do you think is the next legend? And how do you get better at positioning and movement? My aim is consistent and I've been practicing in the firing range to improve. I always look back and record moments that I didn't do too well in and analyze my gameplay. But getting better at movement is really hard. Are there any tips you have? Yeah, it seems like you were on top. Like you're mm-hmm. serious about this game. I really appreciate the question and the review. Um, a lot of the, I think you're so far along that a lot of your 
continued improvement is going to come down to a specific legend, mm -hmm. um, honestly. So I think your movement's going to change drastically if you're playing Gibraltar, if you're playing Octane. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know. We can assume that maybe you play Wraith, and that's kind of a safe Taking assumption. A <laughs> um, I think strafing is one of the best things to kind of focus on. And I think when we talk about it, we try to just say, you don't have to be extreme. Mm -hmm. Like you have, you don't have to go five feet to the left mm -hmm. and then five feet to the right. Like you can just do a little bit and that helps a lot because, you know, tracking someone, uh, horizontally back and forth, is a lot harder than people, uh, jumping up and down or crouching. Mm -hmm. Crouch spamming is what I was going to say. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, that's like, a good thing too. Crouch spamming is awesome with the caveat that on PC, pretty doable on controller. You either really need to be, even I play claw and I couldn't crouch spam until I had paddles. And so if you have paddles on your controller and you can start learning how to crouch spam, and then if you can learn how to crouch spam and strafe at the same time, oh my goodness, I can't do it, but I know the people that do it, they stream and they kill a lot of people in this game. Yeah. I think if, if your aim is really good mm -hmm. and you're focusing on your movement, I think you should take a breath and go easy on yourself mm -hmm. because I think you're doing really well. And if you just, if you feel like your movement isn't quite there where you want it to be, just like take a step back a little bit, mm -hmm. keep more distance and you'll have more success. Like you don't necessarily have to go in with the Mastiff and, you know, do all these crazy moves. Mm -hmm. If your accuracy is there, then just get kills. And answering the first question, who do you think is the next legend? Um, right now I'm thinking, and we are thinking Fuse from all the signs we've had. Want would probably be Blisk. Really, really want would be Blisk and Ash. But realistically, we're looking at Fuse potentially as of now. Yeah, I we really honestly don't know as much as mm -hmm. we'd like to know. We're going to go in deep, figure out as much as possible in the next week. Um, hopefully we'll be able to come back and uh, dive in a little deeper with uh, yeah. what we think for Season 8 Legend. Uh, but honestly, we're excited and anything could happen at this point. Yeah, definitely. Next question coming from Hand. I am a big listener of both your podcasts and I was wondering when you could make a new episode of the Good Games Pod. When you do, maybe it can be a Call of Duty Cold War episode. So here we go. Next Good Games episode is going to be releasing on Sunday, January 17th. We're going to roll in here. We're going to do one Good Games episode a month while Henry and I are in school, potentially expanding that, you know, depending on the success of the show. Uh, this next episode right now is scheduled out to be Titanfall. But Henry and I have also sunk about 20 plus hours into Anno 1800 in the last three days. And so maybe we might flip to something like that or it might come up. But February or March will be Call of Duty. No, 100% can guarantee that. Yeah. But We're excited. Games. We're excited. We apologize for, you know, I guess teasing people too much we mm -hmm. didn't mean to take this much of a break and honestly we didn't know people were going to like the show as much as they did so mm -hmm. it's exciting um you know tell your friends we're back um i'm excited to record this next episode we've had it written for months now and yeah i'll be completely honest we wouldn't be doing the show if we hadn't gotten so many reviews and people asking for it and so if you say you know once a month is not enough get people to listen leave reviews mm -hmm. and if we can see any you know growth out of it we will uh, much more be incentivized to try and sink some more time into it you know henry and i are just in school doing this podcast working as well and 
it, it's becoming a hectic schedule right now. So we were just trying to prioritize time, but we just love talking about games so much. So we're going to fit it in no matter what, though, at this schedule. Next and last question coming from Lucky Bunny 5588 World's best. I think this podcast is amazing and it has helped me so much. I'm a Wraith main, hoping to get her heirloom. My question is, do you have an heirloom? And if not, which one would you get? I don't have an heirloom. I have not shelled out to get the Gibraltar <laughs> heirloom, but if I got my shards, I'd have to go with my boy. Yep, Jibby heirloom. I was very lucky I got the shards back in maybe season five, I think. I was playing a lot of Wraith at the time. I got Wraith heirloom. If I was to grab some more shards, I honestly don't know uh, who I would get right now. We've always talked about the Bloodhound one being amazing. Um, but I've been, in general, just playing so many different legends. So I'm not like gravitated towards anyone specifically right now, which is what we've always said it kind of comes down to for the heirloom selection. It really does. The best heirloom is the is your main's heirloom. Exactly. Pretty much. Like it, I mean, if I play a thousand games as Lifeline and 200 games as Wraith, I've been, I think the kunai is cooler. I'm going to see those shock sticks a lot more if uh, I'm playing Lifeline, you know? No doubt. So it just comes down to that. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast. Stop by our weekly stream. Check out the Discord. Read the link in the description below. Thank you so much for listening to Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.